from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. And welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, it's Thursday, noon Eastern time. We are live. Michelle's manning the phone, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Dream Team in studio. Dion here to answer the pre-break quiz. I can't wait for that part of the show. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, Career Director for the MBA Program for Executives here at the Wharton School. And I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And as always, on Thursdays, we're live taking your calls, any calls you have on career, job search, or maybe a tip you want to share with others. So 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So today, we are going to be talking about a very popular topic, money. So money tends to come up around this time of year because it's the holidays and there's a lot more festivities and there's there's the pressure of maybe gifts in certain situations. But it's also a time of year when we know that, unfortunately, more companies tend to lay off. December and January tend to be pretty big times of the year for layoffs. So we're going to talk about money in that context as well. It's also a time when people start thinking about their New Year's resolutions and what should I do with my career and my life. So you might be somebody who's thinking about making a career switch or maybe striking out on your own, in which case you have to consider money in those cases as well. So we're going to be talking all about that today. If you have questions or you've always thought about, hey, how can I save either for a rainy day or to maybe strike out on my own and have my own venture. Today's the day to call 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. To help us with this topic, we have an expert guest, Michelle Tate. Michelle is a senior vice president at Boning & Scattergood, one of the oldest independent securities, asset management, and investment banking firms in the Mid-Atlantic region. With 20 years' experience serving individuals, families, nonprofits, and corporations, including partnering with organizations to help employees in transition better managing their finances between jobs. We're excited to have Michelle here today to to offer her advice and insights. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Dr. Dolan. So I have to we have to kind of do the compliance piece. So you are not you're not a financial advisor to any of our callers and that this is a show for entertainment purposes. So your advice is not meant to be of a legal matter. So we got that out of the way. But you have a lot of great insights into how people should manage their money, especially having worked with individuals in transition and maybe individuals who are trying to make a, a, a job switch and how to save and you know what to do with their 401k. So there's a lot of different things that you manage um, when you work with your employees. So we're going to talk about some of those today. And we are going to go ahead and take calls throughout the hour, as always, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866, on some of these money topics. But also, of course, if you have any career questions, I'm here to answer those questions as well. So let's let's kind of dive into the heart of things. So December, January, we're going to start off on, on kind of the sadder note because we want to end the show on, on an up note. But we know, I mean, it just came out in the news that GE is going to cut 12,000 jobs. We know ESPN just cut 150 jobs. And, and so this is the time of year. December, January, from what we know in the stats, are a big time of year for layoffs. Um, and, and one of the things that we want to do is make sure, one, you know that a layoff is coming, so what are some of those signs? But two, how can you save um, for this purpose? So, so Michelle, you talk to people a lot about this. So, so for people who might be thinking, oh, this might be happening to me, what is your advice? Because I know probably you would say you should be saving before now. <laughs> Right. But a lot of people haven't done that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think if, as you are contemplating the potential of being laid off, it's very important that you have an emergency fund. And that emergency fund should be um, in a bank account with no market risk whatsoever. And rule of thumb is sort of six to 12 months of your expenses. Um, depends on, you know, how likely you are to get laid off, how current your job skills are. Um, do you have a spouse that 
might be working or a partner that's working. So that's a sort of a rule of thumb. But having that money emergency fund gives you some flexibility so that you don't have to dip into your investments if you do have a layoff. Um, also really, really important to think about um, what your budget is. And I know most people don't have budgets, but it's a really great time to take that exercise of putting a budget on paper. It doesn't have to be terribly elaborate, but most people don't know how much they're spending on a monthly and an annual basis. Right. So first off is getting kind of comfortable with what you're spending. And I would I would admit that to you. Like, I, I don't really have any idea. And I'm sure it fluctuates month to month. And, you know, certain months are, are you know, for whatever reason, just more expensive than others. But you, you talked about um, putting it into a bank account with no market risk. So, so nothing um, that you would invest that you do not touch. So six to 12 months feels like a lot to me. <laughs> Right. It feels like a lot. And I'm thinking, how could I ever possibly save six to 12 months of, of money in my bank account when there's so many other things? Healthcare is getting more expensive. There's, you know, just thinking about all the things that are costly. How do you even start to do that? Well, I think you look at all of the places where you're spending money on a daily, monthly basis, and you think, okay, where are some places where I can spend a little bit less money? And I hate to talk about coffee, but that kind of seems to be the buzzword that everybody wants to talk about, right? Is instead of spending that $4 a day on coffee, three fifty a day on coffee, which is $105 a month. So you take some of those changes, small changes, and you put some of that money in a bank account, and you're just trying to have a goal of at least getting three months of living expenses, right? And once you get three months, maybe you think, I can get a little bit more so that if you are faced with a layoff or you are faced with an emergency, that you have a place that you don't have to go tap a credit card or take assets from other places that might in the longer term hurt you even more. Yeah, one of the things, and that's painful for us coffee drinkers. I love to it be too. Thinking about, like, you know, actually, yeah, I, I mean, you think about this is kind of my daily pleasure. If I have to get up and go through the daily grind of work, I'm getting my my coffee or whatever it is. So I'm wondering if there's ways that, aside from coffee or bringing lunch to work or things that that we know would save money, um, that that you can kind of do behind behind the scenes that maybe wouldn't be as disruptive to your life. Now I'm not advocating eating out lunch every day. I mean, it's healthier to bring your lunch, and all those things are good too. But I'm thinking like one of the things I've tried to do is start checking my accounts, for example, and I realize you start to realize you're paying fees for things you don't even use. You know, you have subscriptions that just and they're small, maybe twelve dollars here or ten dollars here or, you know, Netflix or other things that you just stopped using. And you're paying for these because it's not it's just a few bucks here and there, but it adds up over time. So, I mean, I think one of the easy things, as you talked about getting to know your finances and seeing where your money goes is. Where are those things that like you could just really easily cut off without feeling any impact? Any impact, <laughs> exactly. And I think places to really look are um, your cell phone bill, your cable bill. I talked to a gentleman yesterday who is planning on starting his own practice as an attorney, and he said the first thing he's doing is checking on his cable bill and seeing is there a place where he can lower that bill. Mm -hmm. So those are places I know recently even I had a subscription to a financial magazine, and I just called them and said, hey, can I keep that um, rate that you gave me last year? And they said yes. So that was $125 that I didn't have to spend. So, mm -hmm. so you're right. Making those you know daily sort of small calls in places also, I think it's important to double check what are your deductibles on your um, both your um, insurance from a perspective of your automobile, mm -hmm. as well as your homeowners. You know, those are places where, you know, having a higher deductible can save you a little bit more money over the longer term. And they're all just small places where you can find little bits of money. And I think the easiest way to sort of figure out where to find more of that money is to pay with cash, like take at least a couple of weeks, pay everything with cash, and you'll have a much better sense of how much money you're spending because most people really underestimate how much they're spending. And if you actually pay cash instead of credit card, because credit cards sometimes and debit cards don't feel like you're really spending money, that those are places where you can actually have your eyes opened and then you can go, oh, this doesn't really hurt me to get rid of this. And that is too important. I'm, I'm going to go get my coffee every single morning. And that's not something I'm willing to give up. Mm -hmm. Hey, 844 Wharton 
Horton, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We've got the Dream Team in studio as well as Michelle Tate, who is Senior Vice President, talking all about money matters and how it relates to the career so, well, let's talk a little bit about layoffs because this is kind of a bummer topic, but I think one of the worst things to do is to feel like you've been blindsided by a layoff. So here's some things that, that I've kind of, I've been in a situation, I've been laid off, and I think most people who go through a, a significant career at least once, maybe twice, or unfortunately more in their life will be laid off just because it's market changes and things happen. There's mergers, there's acquisitions. But if when leadership starts talking about restructuring or reorganizing or pivoting the strategy, I mean, those are some terms that, that may lead to an impact down the road. So, I mean, I think it's important to pay attention to those things. If, if your company is missing revenue targets, you know, obviously there's going to have to be some changes for the company to stay afloat. And unfortunately, sometimes that means layoffs. Um, what are some others in, in your experience, Michelle? So I think one thing to say about layoffs is, yes, it is it is a difficult situation, but I think, like you said, pretty much everybody in their career has been laid off. And I think most people's experience has been that actually their next position puts them in a better place. It's often, you know, much more in alignment with what they're what they're really trying to do. So it can often be the catalyst for something that's really, really positive. Um, and I think that's a good way to try and look at it. It also gives you the opportunity to really look at from the perspective of um making sure that you have all of the right um, values and alignments so that you can think through from a financial perspective, what's really important? You know, how much money do I really need? And being prepared for that is looking at what's the severance package that I might receive and what assets do I have and how long can I keep my family afloat um, if it's six months, nine months until I land my new position because the higher salary we all know that the longer it takes you to replace that income. And so looking at it from that perspective um, is very, very helpful because, you know, if we fail to plan, we are really planning to fail. So that that whole idea of, you know, prepare for the worst, play, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. And by putting that budget in place, having things in writing, and really stepping up from a career perspective, your networking, right, is talking to more people. Yeah, networking. All right. <laughs> you, you've kind of like, that's like the ding, ding word in my in my world. So networking. So keeping your network fresh. So I always say to people, what, when somebody asks you when... Are you looking for a job? The answer should always be yes. And I don't mean physically, actively going out and interviewing and applying online, but always keeping your eyes open, always looking at the market, always anticipating because you may be in a great position. You may feel like there's a lot of security in that position, but then something happens in a legislative change or a policy change or a merger that you're not privy to that comes down the road and it just may impact you. Maybe it's not even a layoff. Maybe you get a new boss and it's just something that's not working for you. I mean, these things happen every day. So keeping your network fresh, keeping a strategy for that. And, and um, I could probably talk about that for three shows straight. But I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as linking in with people or this is the holiday time, you know, sending a holiday card or even, you know, a New Year's card or checking in with people or posting a happy, happy new year on your your. Facebook or something that really starts to connect you with people and keep you connected because you don't want the first time they hear from you after a year or two to be, hey, I'm in a job search. So, hey, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111. So with December and January being a, a big layoff time and um, followed closely by the third month, which is July, as a heads up. So some of the things you might also want to look for in your organization that could be signs, not always, but could be signs that a layoff is coming. There's more behind closed doors meetings or you're not invited to those meetings. Meetings or HR seems to be meeting more often. Um, discretionary funds are no longer available. So maybe you used to get free coffee and now that's not available. So those things kind of start to go away. Maybe some key C-suite players leave the organization or you're being asked more about your job description or your duties and, and you know, maybe some of your projects are being postponed. So again, 
none of these things in, in, in isolation is going to be like, oh my gosh, I just got asked about what I'm doing. I must be getting laid off. No. But if you start to see some of these things, I think it's worth paying attention to. But I think the bigger message of today is just to always be prepared. I used to work for Arthur Anderson. And who would have thought a 100-year-old company would topple in six months? No one saw it coming. It happened, the whole Enron scandal. And, you know, to be out on the street with a with 60 plus thousand of my fellow <laughs> colleagues who I, I couldn't even network with because they didn't land in new jobs yet and a resume that, that kind of basically was tied to a scandal, that was a tough one. And I think that was my first lesson to where there is no job security. And I know that might feel a little unsettling, but let's talk about where that there is um, some... A security is probably not the right word, but this, but there is some hope for that. The fact is, if you keep your skills relevant, if you keep your network fresh, if you keep your eyes on the market, how things are changing, and you kind of keep abreast of what's going on in the world, that's where the security comes from. Eight four four Warden eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, if you're, you're you're just tuning in, we are talking about money and layoffs and how to save for a rainy day, but also how to save if you want to do a career switch. Um, all of these topics, but of course, you can call us on any career topic. Hey, if you've ever been laid off, did you see it coming? What were the signs? What do you wish you did differently? We want to hear from you, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So, all right, so let's let's get off the topic of layoffs because that's that's kind of a downer. It's a reality. I, I found a stat, Michelle, that was, that was kind of interesting to me, that even when things are normal in the economy – Employers still lay off a total of 300,000 people every week. Now, this was kind of staggering to me, and like it, it made me kind of pop up and open my eyes and say, wow, that's a lot. Now, obviously, when you look at the number of people employed in the company, it's, it's just a small percentage, but it happens. And I think it's a reality of work, and I think we talk a lot in this show about how to get a job and how to get promoted and how to negotiate more money. But I think it's, it's worth our time on this show to talk a little bit about some of the realities that you probably will need to face in your career, which is why talking about layoffs is, uh, is a hard topic, especially this time of year, but, but a good one. So let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about, let's move away from layoffs, and we talked about savings and ways to save for a rainy day. But let's talk about saving if you decide in 2018, it's your year, Michelle, to like really strike out on your own and you want to start your own business or maybe you want to be an independent consultant or go in the gig economy or maybe you just want to do a career switch and unfortunately the the, the path you're taking might mean a lower salary. What are some of the things you should be preparing for now if that's kind of your goal in 2018? Well, I think you look at, do I need to um, invest in additional education? And is that another place where I need to save some additional funds to be ready for that change of career? Um, also, really looking at, from the cash flow perspective, do I have other folks in my family that can help take some of the burden of what the cash flow needs to be? And really making sure that you have that nest egg that's for the right amount of time that you think it's going to take you to really get to the next level. And I think as you are thinking about, as folks are thinking about career changes, sometimes doing something in a small way, keeping your current job, you know, gives you that flexibility to have salary, but also as you're working toward that next position, maybe you want to be a writer or maybe you want to be an artist. And, you know, there are lots of other ways that you can think about that next career step but having the right financial footing. And I think it's also really looking inside yourself and saying, how important is this to me? Um, and that so, helps yeah. you. <laughs> so it's not just about the, the actual physical money. It's about the, you know, life happiness, which is something that's really hard to quantify. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk. We're going to go to Miles in New York. Miles, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hey, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, an experience I had and yeah. a warning to people. I was hired as head of sales for a very small mom and pop company with 20 employees. And I was brought on because they had big plans for expansion. They were going to double their sales force. And my skill set is in team building and sales development. Uh, there was a brother of the mom lurking in, in a foreign country in Central America. And he had hopes and ideas of being a sales manager. Long story short, when he came to New York and illegally started to run the company, and he had some skills, but not team-building management skills, he had other skills, 
it was the beginning of the end for me. There wasn't enough money for both of us, and the emotional bonds to family were too great for them to be able to say no to him and stay focused on their business plan, which we really developed prior to me coming on board. So that was the story. But my warning is, you know, when you work for a mom-and-pop company, you know, the winds, the winds of favor, the winds of direction can change so easily based on anything. So, you know, be mindful of that. I will never do it again unless it's my company and I'm the pop. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, actually, Miles, that's a really good point. We haven't talked about that, but I mean, a family business, that is always the risk because, of course, you know, they say blood is thicker than water. And, and I mean, what I'm just curious, though, Miles, what explanation did they give for letting you go? They didn't. Uh, they wow. just said that their business plans had changed and they couldn't afford to keep me. Uh, they didn't explain any more than that. And I didn't need them to, and they knew they didn't need to. The writing was very much on the wall. There was a power struggle with him and I right from the beginning. Like, he would not come into line with any of the policies and procedures that I had put in place, which were very valuable and helpful towards this company going to the next level. So it was just very, it was just a struggle right from the beginning, and um, that's how that went. Yeah, a hard lesson to learn, but one that we really appreciate you calling and sharing with our listeners because I think that's one of the things that, that people just don't anticipate or you maybe you hadn't thought about because you've got great skills and they hired you for those great skills and you know who who knew that there was this other person who's going to swoop in. But I, I do agree with you that in a, in a family business, probably family's going to win out in those cases. So thank you for sharing that with our listeners, Miles. I really appreciate it. And um, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you have a story to share or a tip that might help listeners, we would love to hear from you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or you can tweet at Dr. Don Graham. So we're here with Michelle Tate and we are talking all about money as it relates to career switches, uh, layoffs, going out as an entrepreneur, the holidays. There's so many things and money seems to be at the center of it all. So um, as it relates to career switchers, you know, one of the things I always say is that, you know, sometimes you may not have to take as big of a hit as you might think. Because I think that's always a fear about somebody switching careers is like, ah, I can't afford to lose lose money. But sometimes it's not the money, Michelle, that gets in the way. Sometimes it's the status or sometimes you're the boss and, and you don't want to give up that that autonomy. So there's a lot of things that come in terms of this idea of loss around switchers. And so I like what you were saying about the fact that you have to balance that with the happiness factor because there's something I write about a lot in my blogs called loss aversion. And it's a very real psychological principle that, and the human brain is designed this way. The human brain is designed to weight losses you know, more so than gains. I mean, if you think about it, if you lose 20 bucks out of your pocket, you're going to be mad probably for weeks. You're going to talk about it for three weeks. Every time I wore that jacket last last fall and I lost 20 bucks and it'll it'll stick with you. Or if you gain 20 bucks, if you find 20 bucks on the street, woohoo, that's awesome. You might be happy for the rest of the afternoon, you might buy yourself a nice lunch, but then it's it's kind of forgotten. <laughs> exactly. And it's and it's the same loss aversion with your investment portfolio as well. Um, I think that, you know, some of all, all of that work about behavioral finance is very, very interesting. And I think the more folks understand what our biases are and sort of how our brain is hardwired, mm-hmm. it, understanding that helps us make better decisions. But you're absolutely right about loss aversion. It takes double to make you back to whole, um, which is which is, you know, the way that it works. So why, Michelle, then, is it so hard for us to save? Because is it because we don't really associate spending with loss? Like, I mean, well, it feels like it should be easier to save. save. Well, (laughs) I think some of it is that, you know, we also have a little bit of bias around trying to um, meet our short-term gains versus looking out for our long-term perspective, right? So, So if I said to you, Okay, you could go on this vacation or you could put that money in your 401k, your 403b, your IRA, write some retirement account, right? Most of the time, our short-term impulses win. Um, and, and that's where if you think about having a written plan in place, then that really helps you to keep your eye on that longer-term goal. So I have a strategy for dealing with that. I'm I'm one of those people who has no qualms about returning things. 
I will return things and I will purposely shop at stores where if I change my mind three months later and, you know, I still have the tags on it, which happens. You put it in the back of your closet. You you think you're going to wear it. You never do. And you're like, wow, here's that suit I never wore that barely fits anymore. But I still have the tags and it's unworn. I will take it back. And I feel like I make money doing that. Do you make money? I I, I feel like even though I've already spent the money, I'm like, wow, I'm actually like making money on my credit card because it comes in on green. So so that's how I kind of deal with with the loss aversion. I'm losing it, but I'm actually going to make money later. Hey, we're going to go to Demetrius in Oregon. Demetrius, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Thanks for having me. Uh, First, uh, well, I just wanted to to say thanks for for the uh, comment so far. I think it's great with um, saving and, and budgeting. I run a uh, financial practice uh, here in Oregon, and one of the things that I that I also tell my clients is that to to treat your your savings like an expense. So generally, we treat our you know our our, uh, our expenses, our bills, utilities, things like that, um, as a priority, mm-hmm. and the savings kind of gets put on the back burner. And sometimes there's not enough uh, enough uh, money left at the end of the month. And so, if you treat your savings like an expense and kind of make it a priority, uh, it kind of allows you to um, I guess someone put that on autopilot where you're uh, taking the initiative to make that savings um, happen first rather than at the end of the month. Yes. And and I like what you're saying, Demetrius, because a lot of online banking and, and programs, sometimes people use these different systems and stuff to manage your money. They will do that for you automatically. They, your paycheck comes in and it'll automatically shoot you know, a percentage of that over to a savings account to where it's almost like you didn't make that money. It just shoots into the into the savings as if you were, like you said, paying a utility bill or paying for something, your monthly rent or whatever it is. So I like that idea because that kind of takes the humanness out of it, which in this case is a good thing because you don't you don't really think about it. Right. Well, right. We generally tend to we generally tend to think that we're we're rational beings that are sometimes emotional, but it's, it's generally the opposite. It is the opposite, Demetrius. We are completely crazy and irrational. <laughs> so I like this idea of automating, and I'm going to go kind of on this topic. Um, it's a slightly off topic, but but Demetrius, one of the things I think in terms of just kind of automating is just setting up your bank account to pay off your credit cards if you're able. Like if you can get into a routine where you're you're not going to spend more than you can afford each month when it's possible, and I know that's not always possible, and just paying it off because that 18, 19 percent, that's, that's money that's just wasted. It kills me. It kills me. So, I mean, I, I, you can set up bank accounts now to automatically pay the amounts that come in. Again, it's one of those things that you probably don't realize you're spending a lot of money on, those fees, those fees that go nowhere. But um, I really appreciate you calling in with this, Demetrius, because uh, Michelle, I will say, I think it is the human side and how irrational we are as to why it's so hard to save. Demetrius, thanks for giving us a call on Career Talk 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. Even when it's in our own best interest, even when we want to make that career switch or strike out on our own, it's so hard, like you said, Michelle, in that moment, moment. which yes. is why I buy the outfit and then return it later. And that's but it's my good strategy that, it's good that you return it. <laughs> and exactly. That, and that's my, yeah. but if you're not a good returner and some people are not, and actually research shows most people are not either because it's uncomfortable or you forget or it's inconvenient. If you're not a good returner, this strategy won't work for you. 844-942-7866. But right now we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Okay, this hardy parasite can survive harsh winters and kills trees it latches onto, draining the host of nutrients necessary for fertility and vitality. Think you know? 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. This hardy parasite, which can survive harsh winters, kills the trees it latches onto, draining the host of nutrients necessary for fertility and vitality. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk. On Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are on SiriusXM Channel 111, and ain't it fun talking about 
money. Yes. Hey, 844-844-942-7866 in case you missed the pre-break quiz question. I'll say it again, but I'm not going to answer it right now. The hardy parasite, this hardy parasite, this hardy parasite can survive harsh winters and kills the trees it latches onto, draining the host of nutrients necessary for fertility and vitality. If you think you know, 844-942-7866. So we're talking all about money and investing in or saving and, you know, investing in your future. If you want to start a, a new venture in the new year, how do you start putting money in the bank now just in case. I mean, they always say, Michelle, for a new startup, you shouldn't actually plan to get paid for a little while. Exactly. So so, so what is kind of the number one tip? Like, as we're thinking about money and saving and... Well, I think our last caller made a really good point, right? And Warren Buffett um, said, do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. Um, and certainly, I think everyone looks to him as a as a great financial guru. And I think that that's a really good way of looking at things. It's not that easy, but it can be done if you have the right focus. And mm-hmm. I think the number one investment that most people are going to have is really their ability to earn income, which goes straight to what career are they in? What career are they expecting to be in? And that's really the most important investment most of us will ever have in our lives. So investing in our potential. Exactly. Exactly. Most people don't even think about that. I mean, I just think about we're so busy looking at social media and running from one meeting to the next and trying to juggle families and all this stuff. So, so I mean, I think I hear a consistent theme in what you're saying, Michelle, which is slowing down, understanding where your money's going, understanding where you're going to have potential to make money in the future, and really just spending a little time, maybe a couple times a year, really focusing on this. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, and, and there's a statistic that people spend more time planning their vacation than yes. their long-term finances. And we are all going to live in the future that we create now. So so funny you say that statistic because I, I kind of have people spend more time planning a vacation than their careers. And so you fill in anything there. But yeah, people spend a lot of time planning a vacation, which is so much more fun than talking about savings and budgets and job right. searches and resumes. Right. But the, but the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be because your greatest benefit is time. Mm-hmm. So taking little bits of money and starting in your 20s and your 30s gets you in a much better place than starting in your 40s or your 50s. And the likelihood now is because life expectancy is so long that people might spend 30 years um, in a time in which they're not bringing in income and they're Mm -hmm. expecting their assets to support them for 25 or 30 years. That's a really long time. And given where we are in this interest rate environment, it's really important to pay attention to how you can make those plans because inflation's really low, but it's still there in over 20 or 30 years. It makes a really big difference because that coffee that's 350 today in a few years from now, it's going to be 5 or $6, and we all want our coffee. Yeah, we may not want it at that point. <laughs> at that point, we may all just switch to water. Uh, so, okay, so we're talking about money and how it relates to, to switching careers, striking on your own, layoffs, and, and all these different things. But let's kind of turn the tables, Michelle, and talk a little bit about the holiday season, which is upon us, because there's a lot of money challenges during this time. You know, Specifically, the one that pops into my mind is, is at the office, a lot of offices either, um, you know, have some kind of secret Santa or, you know, they want you to contribute to a a charitable donation or maybe it's like we're all going to put money in a pool for somebody. And I know this this is a great thing, but you kind of feel obligated to do it even if you maybe can't afford it or it's not something that you would, would want to do because maybe you don't know the person or maybe it's just you're doing something on your own outside of work that you're spending money on. So how can people handle this? Well, I think that there are a couple of different ways to look at it, right? Is is if you don't have the anonymity to not participate, then then you might want to participate for sort of the general good and being part of the group, um, but maybe at a at the at a level that you can actually afford. So I like what you're saying. You're like if you can if you can not participate and nobody will know, go for it. <laughs> so I, I'm just I, I'm just kind of. <laughs> That's what that's what you're saying. Well, it is sort of what I'm saying <laughs> um, because because you know you you 
when you are part of a group, right, and certainly, you know, with our employers, we are part of a group, and you you, you want to be known as a player and a participant, and you want to help, because you're right, you know, giving to charitable organizations is, is very much what the spirit of this season is about. And so I think that but just if you can make that budget, right, for your own family, right, what are the kind of gifts and what are the parties you're going to go to and what, how many bottles of wine do you need to buy to go to these, you know, as the, as the hostess gift. So really trying to put a budget together just for how you get through the holidays really helps because nobody feels really good in January when you get that really large credit card bill yeah, that's that you, you already have it. a balance on. <laughs> yeah, that's when you can't pay it and you're going to have to pay that 19%. So, okay, so tip one, if you can, if you can be a anonymous and not participate. But I also think that sometimes, you know, people have their own important charities that they give to and, you know, maybe the one at work isn't isn't the one on your list. Is it okay to say, you know what, I I have a personal um investment in a couple other charities and I'm choosing to give there. I think that's fine. I think that's I think that's perfectly fine because I think most people do have organizations that mean a great deal to them and even though the corporate organization is very important as well, we all have our own reasons for the organizations that are important to us. So I think just saying it and not making a huge deal about it and just saying like, you know, I'd love to participate. I'm participating in three other charities outside of work right now and it's not my budget. And just leave it and just leave it at that. What about this secret Santa thing or you know that it, all right everybody has to pick a name and buy something for somebody and half the time you don't even like usually there's a budget which I like so usually they're like not more than $20 or something along those lines but half the time you don't even really know the person like what do they want and I don't know it's stressful because I you know you have to buy for your family and your your kids and all these other people and now I have to buy a secret Santa for Dion and I have no idea what Dion would even want a fern. A fern. A fern. All right, perfect. <laughs> Check. One off my there list. <laughs> I, I do think it's difficult. And, and with the Secret Santa, I think you're pretty much always safe if you get like a food gift or a coffee card or something like that so that you're it, it's not so personal especially if you don't know the I love person that, you said that coffee, well you're just like, we're all trying to crush our coffee habit and now you're like pushing it on us michelle <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're supposed to stop going to starbucks and now you're 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 really feeding our caffeine habit no buy that, buy that card buy that card <laughs> and that person who's really um really really loves that coffee so yeah so i, I think i i mean money's always a way to go and if it's if there's a budget and it's twenty bucks. It's it's kind of an easy. It's the least stressful path, you know. If you're if you can't resist it, right? But it, it, can you say I don't want to be in Secret Santa? I don't want to go. I don't want to. I, I don't know. I mean, I think depends on the size of your firm, right? If you've got a pretty large firm, and it's will be maybe less noticeable. But I think that you always want to be a team player. And even if that's not exactly the way you want to spend your time, there is a friend raising and camaraderie that's mm-hmm. built with that. And and I think that sometimes you, you know, often participate in those kind of events because you want to be there for your other team members. Mm-hmm. But I also think that as you're thinking through you know, gift giving, that sometimes thinking about an experience that you can create for somebody um, is actually a, maybe another option as opposed to um, buying a monetary gift, mm-hmm. right? So maybe maybe your niece, you decide, hey, you know what, we're going to go to this play or we're going to go to the museum or we're going to do something like that. And you have a different way of looking at, um, because I think, you know, the statistics show as well, right? Most of us have... Um, much better recall of memories right, yep. and events as opposed to I got a new designer handbag. Mm-hmm. So create create experiences, which may be a little bit harder for for your coworkers. But I think, um, yeah, I think to your point, I like that you're talking about sort of I'm hearing you saying reframe it. So reframe it as, you know, this is like, it's yeah, is it a have to? Maybe, but look at it as the positive. Like, you know, what goodwill can you spread? Maybe you can get somebody something that, that they really like and meet somebody. Maybe you can create a networking thing. You have to get something for Dion. I don't really know Dion very well, but now I know he likes Fern. So, hey, 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. Have you been in this situation where around the holidays you're asked to give or attend maybe evening events and you're busy and, and you're struggling with, should I go? Should I not go? Should I participate in Secret Santa? Should I give to this charity? at work. Hey, if you are or if you have tips, we'd love to hear from you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, and for more great tips, you can follow my blog, dawnoncareers.com. And right now, um, I think we're going to answer the pre-break quiz. All right. This hardy parasite 
can survive harsh winters and kills trees it latches onto, draining the host of nutrients necessary for fertility and vitality. Dion! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so sinister, that laugh. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to say rock salt. Rock salt? It's yeah. not alive? Sure it is. <laughs> what? Like rock salt. Because <laughs> um, for the for the winter... And, yeah. you know, it, it oh, oh, the parasites and it, it could suck the life force out of a tree. So um, you're, you're like, talking about, like, the I'm stuff we put down. Yeah. You're talking about the stuff you put down to, like, right, to, so you don't slip. Exactly. We're oh. really prolonging that. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rock salt. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We're on family feud. Yeah. Good answer, Dion. <laughs> Michelle, what do you have? Uh, nothing. Um, okay, a parasite that I'm gonna guess. Uh, this is a terrible answer. I'm s- is it a squirrel? A squirrel? I don't know. He's collecting the nuts, and he wants to live in there. He wants to get in there and live in there. Sometimes I'm sad. This is radio because Michelle is actually doing hand motions of how a squirrel would would live in a tree. In there. Yeah. So I, I might have to like take a picture of that and tweet it out later because it's pretty hysterical. It's gonna get in there and live in there. Um, it's actually not a squirrel, but mm. it, it is somewhat related to our topic. All right, all right, Michelle Tate. All right, we're gonna rely on you. Wow, I don't really think that I have a very good thought around that. Um, we didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, well, it is related to the to the to the show. So, Rebecca, Rebecca in California, do you have an answer? Yes, I believe it's mistletoe. Rebecca, you are so right. All right, you have to ask you. Did you look that up? No, my dad is an arborist. And oh. so I know a little bit about trees. Wow. So she cheated. So she, <laughs> no, she's just very knowledgeable about, about trees. I, I love mean, it. I mean, all right. Well, then, since your dad is an arborist, um, what do you think of, of Michelle and Dion's answers? Are those valid as well? <laughs> That's a terrible that? question <laughs> for Rebecca. Hmm. I think those were maybe good guesses, but... Yeah, rock salt. That's a, that's not alive. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, you're so diplomatic. We love it. You are absolutely correct. So mistletoe grows on trees with lovely white pearls of berries creating magnificent orbs. However, <laughs> they latch this, they call it this beautiful selfish monster. It latches onto trees, draining the host of nutrients for its own fertility and vitality. So mistletoe is actually a very vicious, vicious plant. Now, it's terrible. It is terrible. I always looked at mistletoe and got so happy. Yes, that it's lovely. And and how it got to be related with the holidays and, and kissing underneath it. In the Middle Ages, the Europeans associated the mistletoe with vitality, inspiring this idea. But the reason I bring this up, aside from the fact that it's obviously related to the topic, is that now you have ammo for when you're stuck under the mistletoe, you know, and somebody's kind of giving you that look and it's awkward. You could just say, hey, you know, did you know that mistletoe is a parasite that literally kills its host? Just kill the mood. <laughs> kill the mood. Kill the mood. And t- in today's climate, my advice is just just keep the mistletoe in the closet. This is not a good year to be decorating your office or home. Great point. Or, or anything else with mistletoe. I think this is the year of the end of mistletoe, especially in the workplace. So. Everybody shake hands. Everybody, yeah. They're, they're, I don't even know about that. I'm elbow like, bump. Yeah, elbow bump. Fist bump. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for, for giving us a call. You're absolutely right. It is mistletoe. It is that parasite that literally kills its hosts. So, there you go. There's the PSA for today. Keep your mistletoe in the closet. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk 844-Wharton-844-942-7866. We're talking about money and how it relates to maybe your New Year's plans of striking out on your own or starting your own business and how to save. And um, We're talking right now about the holidays. And um, here's a question, Michelle. Should you ever lend somebody money 
this is a tough one because maybe you have a friend going through a layoff or maybe you have somebody who just is like struggling and your friend says, hey, Michelle, maybe you can help me out. Right, right. That's a very tricky question. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of folks who would say, don't lend money to your relatives or your friends um, because you really, it, it can cause a real um, rent in that relationship if things don't go the way you expect them to go. I think if you are going to do something like that, you would really probably want to have something in writing. Um, but but again, right, if it's your friend, that's a really difficult, difficult thing to do. Um, I think often that you are in likelihood you could ruin that relationship. Um, and again, I think it also depends on the amount of money, right? I think if you are thinking about lending, that you should think of it really more as a gift. Um, and that if you were to ever be repaid, that that would be a bonus. And I think if you go into it from that perspective, mm-hmm. not expecting um, to be paid back, then, then that's a different story. Um, so I, I think that that's a very sticky place to be. But but we all want to help our friends and family if we're able to do that. Yeah, it is a very sticky place to be. And I've been in this situation. And, and you can ruin the relationship either way, right? Exactly. If, if you say no, you can ruin the relationship. If you say yes, you can ruin the relationship, which is why I like what you just said. I think if you're going to lend, I think it needs to be considered as a gift. So you need to say, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not planning on getting this back. If you do, I mean, otherwise it becomes a big Judge Judy scene and you're, you're in there in small claims court and it That's gets not ugly. good. And, That's not good. And the relationship is pretty much severed. But it's tough. It's tough because this time of year, especially people are, you know, struggling. Struggling. Right. Right. It's, so. it's very true. And I think, you know, along the lines with your employer, even, even if you leave or you're laid off and it's not good circumstances, you still don't want to burn that bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want to keep as much of that relationship intact as possible because you're going to need um, some information from them. Right. You know, they're going to be the ones that might um that will be offering COBRA to you if you need health insurance. You know, there's lots of paperwork that you have to take care of when you do a job transition, whether it's voluntary or involuntary. And so there's a lot of work that comes into play. And the the best that you can do to keep that relationship going um, is just going to help you in the end. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk 844-WARDEN-844-942-7866. We're talking about money and the holidays and how complicated it gets with work. So uh, during the break, Michelle and Dion informed me that, that there's a rule that I was not aware of that you, you don't have to buy. Actually, you shouldn't buy a gift for your boss. So uh, you know, Michelle, Dion, what's what's up with that? I I just heard that that's office etiquette. You gift up, you don't gift. I mean, you gift down, you don't gift up. That's okay. what I've. That's how I've been advised. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, Dion. Dion, can you I back heard the me same up? Thing. I mean, granted, it was. But did you, also, but did you hear it from source. Michelle? I know. <laughs> if, if you heard it from Michelle, that doesn't count. And granted, he also said rock salt. So yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> bringing up old stuff. Dion, <laughs> it was like five minutes ago. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true, but I've kind of lived by that, and it hasn't been a problem so far. I think it's in an etiquette so book somewhere. It's in an etiquette book. Okay. So, Don doesn't like this rule. I, well, well, I'm just Don thinking. wants gifts. <laughs> I want gifts. <laughs> no, I just, I, I'm thinking about it because I, I, I think to some extent there's some goodwill that can come out of gifting up. I mean, I, I think you, you know, you're going to not have to get anything super expensive but i mean a bottle of wine i've a, done it before a candle some candy like i mean just the gesture M- michelle as our financial advisor what are your thoughts on this well i think you know if your manager if there are three or four of you right who are working for the same manager then you sort of pool your resources and you can get something again not something very big because you want to be conscious of that it really is much more the gesture than the actual gift um, but I do think in some circumstances everybody likes to be remembered right mm-hmm. and if you know that your boss for example you know really likes this brand of cigars then maybe maybe you buy cigars right or something like that so just as as a remembrance. So, you know, so a card maybe at a minimum (laughs) and then up to maybe $20 at a maximum. Hey, if you're listening, if you've heard this tip or you you agree, disagree, let us know. 844-WARDEN-844-942-7866 because now I'm all conflicted. Now I don't know what to do. (laughs) I've never never heard that tip before. Are are there other holiday etiquette 
tips that you've heard, Michelle, that that we should be aware of when it comes to this time of year, specifically around money or how much to spend? Well, I think there is always that question. You know, do you tip the gentleman who throws your paper every day? Do you tip your pet sitter? You know, do you tip the person who cleans your house? So so I think that those are all places in which we all have a lot of questions. If we lived in New York City or, or even here in Philadelphia, do you tip the doorman? So I think that those are all places where you really look at um, from the perspective of do I want them to know that I remember them and I appreciate their services? And so maybe a very small tip might be the right thing to do. But also, I think you want to do it from a place of giving, not from a place of feeling like you absolutely have to, um, especially if you are in a difficult financial position. And if you've maybe tipped somebody for years and years and years, maybe you just say, I've had a job transition. I'll make it up to you next year is a way to think about it as well. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the cards. I'm thinking cards, even though the cards have gotten ridiculously expensive. Cards are like five, six, seven dollars now. That's that's a lot of money. I remember when cards used to be two fifty, but no longer. And I, I do think it's stressful because you think, am I forgetting somebody? And how much should I tip? And all of I think it's a, that's why we add stress to ourselves because we start getting into this mode of it's not enough or it's too much or, or what are they going to think and how are they going to react? So um, we're going to go to Evan in New Jersey. Evan, welcome to Career Talk. We've got 30 seconds. What's on your hey, mind I today? Just want, I just want to say that the one way you can borrow from family and friends is in a secured loan. If you need $500 and you say, I will give you my Rolex watch worth $500, if I pay you back, when I do, you'll give me my watch back. If I don't pay you back for any reason, the watch is yours. If you can both agree to that, that is the one way it's okay to borrow and lend because now it's a secured loan. It's secured against something. Got it. So it's kind of like collateral. So um, if you have a Rolex watch... I'm going to say it's worth more than $500, but but I get the I get the spirit of what you're saying, Evan. It's kind of like a, hey, we're going to do this exchange and I'm going to put faith in you because you're going to have this this product of mine. I'm wondering if it works with here's 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 my child. When I when I when you pay me back. <laughs> you have to yeah. I mean, that could, that could be a win-win for everybody, you know? Could so, be. Evan, thank you so much for that tip calling us on Career Talk 844-Wharton-844. 942-7866. We're talking all about strategies and tips for saving money, for lending money, for getting in or out of the, the holiday office pool, all of these things which are very important this time of year. And as well as I've learned something new that, that gifting up is, is frowned upon, but I might do it anyway. <laughs> so, so Michelle, Tate, as we wrap up, thank you so much for coming. What are, what are just your final words of wisdom for people who are listening and thinking about 2018 and how to budget or save better? Well, thank you. I've, um, it's been great fun to be here with you today. Thank you. I think that if you spend some mindful time and you get into a you get you take some time you be quiet you think about what your goals are and if you think about what your goals are and you can think through what from a financial perspective you need to do and having a piece of paper that has your net worth on it having a piece of paper that really talks about what your budget is i think having and being mindful of what those tools are and how beneficial they can help you because i think we all know the future gets here much faster than any of us believe and be sure to do it early because then you have all that time on your side and that time can be a really great benefit for you like compound interest is an amazing amazing thing well said michelle tate thank you so much for joining us on career talk today dion michelle dream team so much fun i learned so much from you guys and i think my takeaway from today's show is that mistletoe is vicious and we should just keep it in the closet for this year and maybe maybe years to come. Hey, you've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. Thank you to all of our listeners and callers. We are here each week for you, every week. If you'd like more great advice, you can follow my blog, DawnOnCareers.com, or Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. We will see you next time. 